Hi, this is Greg Anderson, and this is the Living in Carver County podcast, an insider's look at the people that are making Carver County a fantastic place to live, work, and raise a family. Today, I am lucky enough to be sitting in the brand new, gorgeous City of Carver um, municipal building, city building, and I'm here with Mayor Courtney Johnson. Courtney, thank you so much for letting me come in. Thanks for having me. This is great. I'm excited. So before we get rolling too much about Carver, maybe give people a little idea of, of uh, you. Uh, sure. Where'd you grow up? What's yep. your background? How is it that you came to get into public service? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was born and raised in um, a area just a little bit north of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Grafton, Wisconsin is where I'm from. Um, I came to Minnesota to St. Cloud State for college. Um, at the time, it was one of only two accredited mass communications programs in the Midwest. The other one was at Madison. I mean, everybody I went to high school with went to Madison. I decided to kind of break the mold and spread my wings a little bit. So I landed in St. Cloud State. Um, and I kind of never looked back and have been a, a Minnesotan ever since. Um, I've lived in Carver for almost 10 years. We closed on our house on St. Patrick's Day in 2010. So we're just coming up on a decade in Carver. Um, and I have always kind of really believed in volunteering and giving back and being an active member in my community. So shortly after moving to Carver, I became a member of what was then known as the Park and Rec Board, which is now our Parks Commission. And then from there, I joined the Planning Commission. Um, and then I served a two-year term on City Council before I was elected mayor. And I've now been mayor for just just a hair under a year. Just a hair under a year. So how's it been going so far? Good. Really <laughs> well, certainly moving into this new building had to be a, a, a nice way to kick off your, your term. Yeah. And, you know, this was something that had been part of my time on city council. When I first um, was elected to city council now three years ago, we were in the process of um, determining what we were going to do with the all old village hall building, which had essentially been condemned because the roof trusses were sagging and it was no longer structurally sound. Um, People so are funny a, about coming to work in a building where the roof might fall right, in. Yeah. Big babies. <laughs> right. um, so it was, um, you know, good to be part of that process. And we had laid out probably about a half a dozen options for are we going to repair? Are we going to remodel? Are we going to build completely new in a different area? And we landed on building a completely new building, but in the same site downtown, which is really significant. You know, the folks during the construction process, we had to move our city hall offices to the fire station and public works building, um, which we're lucky to be able to be nimble enough to accommodate for that kind of move. Um, but all the folks downtown really missed our presence. And the folks who come into city hall on a daily basis to pay their water bill or to pull a, a permit for a construction project and just the traffic that that brings that adds to the vibrancy of our downtown. Um, I really believe that downtown is where City Hall belongs. So um, we moved back in late August and then we had the building dedication on September 4th, which was cool. Um, we made it a community event where we had a flag raising, um, where we invited all of the past mayors back to help and their families to help raise 
the flags out in front of the building and then folks were able to come in and tour and take a look at this really cool building downtown. Yeah, it's very nice. I, you know, these types of things are not without a certain amount of acrimony and, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, and some of the other people that I've talked to, other mayors, you know, that have gone through significant projects, it, it's always a challenge, yep. but generally speaking, if people's hearts are in the right place, they are, tend to be happy with the outcome. Yep. And well, I'm guessing the feedback on this has got to be pretty positive, I would think. You know, the feedback that we have received now that it's been open has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't without a few bumps in the process and that everybody was 100% happy with it. Um, but I do think that we have the best solution in place here for our city hall. We're a, a growing community. Um, our former city hall, we were growing out of. Um, and, you know, people ask kind of about some of the bells and whistles in this building. It's very carver. It's very modest for and meets our needs. But things like having a separate break room where folks can actually go in there and enjoy their lunches or a snack, you know, or grab a glass of water versus just having a microwave in the corner of the building so that if I had leftovers from last night, you can all smell it. I was just going to say, there's always somebody who'll bring fish. Yeah, you know, or popcorn in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then having to eat at your desk, you know, having that space is significant. Sure. And is a reasonable expectation, you know, I think to have for our employees. Yeah. So um, really fits our needs. It's also really nice to have our city council chambers in the same building as where city staff works. So if there's something that we need to pull or just make another copy real quick. Um, even having adequate restroom facilities for in between, you know, the time in between the meetings is significant. In the church by the river, there was one restroom facility. So that made it a little logistically challenging when you have five minutes between the work session and the sure. meeting to. Sure. I, I, you know, I'm impressed with the building. It's pretty and it's, it's well done, but it's, it's by no means extravagant. Mm -hmm. um, it's not austere, but it's, it's just, it's kind of the right balance, I think. And it, it seems like you've got some space to grow. Um, right. and, and growing is something I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the, um, you know, Carver County. What do you see Carver, or Carver as a community, rather? Mm -hmm. um, talk about the growth that you're expecting over the next three to two, three, five years. Yeah, well, if growth continues at the rate that we'll be at, I think our... 2040 projections are to have, I think it's about 13,000 people in the city of Carver. I mean, we're going to really keep growing by leaps and bounds. We are at 4,700, and that's the number of residents that we had in, it would be 2018. We always get our projections about a year later. So next spring, we'll get the numbers for um, 2019. So there's about a year delay in what the Med Council gives us for our population estimates, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a little thing going on next year called the census, which will give us a real solid number calculation of our residents, but that'll be a couple more years before we get those estimates back. Um, but Carver's growing. Carver's growing in leaps and bounds. All you have to do is drive in from 212 off of Jonathan Carver Parkway, and you can see there's nothing going on there but growth and construction of homes. We have, um, within the past probably probably 18 months, we've approved a total of 500 new, I think it's a little over 500 
new housing development. So 500 permits. 500 permits. So wow. that includes a 70 unit um, apartment building, which is Carver Ridge, which is providing assisted living and memory care apartments and units um, mm-hmm. for those who are in need of those kinds of services, which is really exciting. Actually, just last night they had an open house event. So I got to go inside and see that facility for the first time. And I posted some pictures on my Facebook page. Um, humble plug for my yeah, go ahead. <laughs> city of Carver <laughs> Mayor Courtney Johnson Facebook page where there are pictures of that. But it was cool um, to go in and to kick the tires on that building, if you will. And I ended up, um, I toured the building at the same time as the woman who's actually going to be moving into what is now the model unit and her family. So it was like seven members of this family and me. But it was cool to see it through her eyes. And it's a time of transition for her. She's 95 years old. Oh, my. And is moving from a home that she has lived in for the better part of the last 50-some years. Um, And so... Just cool to see it through her eyes and, you know, the family's eyes as they're making that transition. But it's got a a pub inside of it. There is a crafts room. There's a community room. There will be a chapel. Um, just a really nice... Now, how nice many... How many uh, what's the capacity on that building? 70 units. 70 units. Okay. Yep. And they're one, one bedrooms and efficiencies or um, some I two bedrooms? I think they're one bedrooms. I think they have a, up to a two bedroom and a den okay. unit. Okay. So it's a good... It's a good... Um, option for folks who are looking to downsize a little bit but still want to stay in Carver, still want to stay in this area and stay um, close to family and relatives and friends. Um, Also plenty of single family development. The one thing that we've seen that's become a little bit of a trend in housing is the the villa home. Yeah, kind of an empty nester concept. An association maintained. Um, They come in a couple of different varieties. One can be a slab on grade, you know, all universal design, meaning that um, no stairs, very Mm -hmm. easy to get through. Wider Um, doorways, wider bathrooms, that kind of thing. Really accommodating for, again, if you want to age in place, you know, in one place. Um, and then a lot of single family homes. So, and that's what we've seen so far. We also have plenty of room to grow and plenty of folks who are being approached by developers. So, you know, what lies just beyond the horizon that we don't know about yet also holds a lot of potential at this point. So where does the sewer stop? Um, if you were going like say south of 212 on Jonathan Cover Parkway, how far west does the, are you approved for? Um, so we have a orderly annexation agreement with Dahlgren Township. So um, this Can explain a little bit to people that maybe don't yeah. know about that. What does that actually mean? So what that means is as we develop basically to the west, um, that is all Dahlgren Township land at this point. So everything, you know, and really where the school is right now, where Carver Crossing is right now, where... Um, those neighborhoods and developments, Oak Tree, um, everything to the west of Jonathan Carver Parkway, south of 212, is Dahlgren Township. So when those landowners sell their land, they become annexed into the city of Carver, which the orderly annexation agreement just means that we've got an agreement and everybody in Dahlgren Township and everybody here at the city of Carver knows that when those sales transactions take place, that those folks get annexed into the city. And then we bring, your question was, where does the sewer line end? It ends 
where the houses end. Okay, and then, but that's okay. But just to as a point of clarification for yeah. people, that's not the city's not acquiring the land from the township. The city is the developer. The developer comes, buys the land from the landowner, and then appro- uh, approaches the city for uh, approval to do a subdivision. And and that's and then by by virtue of the approval of that's when that land then becomes absorbed by the city of Carver. Exactly, and okay. you know I think because there's I, a lot of people have mm-hmm. this misconception about this about the things that the city can. One of the things I like to try to help t- discuss or have the mayors discuss is where the limits of the power of the city stop yep. and where they start in terms of you know because you'll hear things for example you mentioned Facebook and sometimes it's uh it, mm-hmm. it's like Fantastic for information and horrible for information. Yep. Yep. And they think there's this notion that the city is doing this, that the city right. controls this. Why doesn't the city, for example, you know, why are they letting? Why the city? Why is the city building houses there? Well, yep. and so that's yes. what I wanted you to talk. No, about. and I appreciate you bringing that up because that's a really good point. So, um, the city has a plan, and we have um, our 2040 Design Carver Comprehensive Plan which, that you guys submitted to Met Council, and that's been done for under a number review. of years. Yep. Um, we submitted it this year, and we're still—I think—we're still waiting for feedback from the Met Council on that. Um, and what in that has a—it's a 300 and some page document, um, and it includes a lot of things. But it also, what what I'm getting at is it includes a future land use map, and that takes a look at all of our growth area, which includes all of what is now Dahlgren Township, and that has a zoning map of. What areas will be industrial? What areas will be high density, low density? What areas will be parkland? Um, so that's what's included in that. And that's really the only way that the city of Carver guides any future development. It really is based on the landowners, the current landowners, and the developers, like you said. The city doesn't come in and decide to put houses in there. The city has a plan that says if and when this landowner decides to sell this open field, that we would like to see Houses versus landfill or something. (laughs) Houses versus industrial versus um, commercial. Right, and the benefit of that for the community at large is uh, what? Um, Just to have a plan. Uh, not only you know right we have but a lot usability of too though right i mean that commercial is consolidated in a commercial area so that you're you don't have a factory in your yep. backyard so with exactly. mercury lights all night so that you can't sleep and right and uh if in delivery of services as well right. and right? also to have some the met council gives us some density requirements for housing so being able to figure that out on paper to know that if we have high density here low density here medium density here that we will meet that overall goal of where the Met Council wants us to be. Right. Um, and Met's Council is, it, it, the, the power that Met Council has with the city is what? In terms of the, the a lot, you're talking about like sewer and water expansion, right? I mean, right, yeah. So, and so the plans have to get approval from that because that's the vehicle that the state uses to try to dictate growth. Is that right. fair? Right. So, yeah. So the, okay. you know, the Met Council kind of helps um, determine. The growth in our area. We also have a partnership with the Met Council in that all of our um, raw sewage is treated through the Met Council's facility down in Shakopee. So that was a project that we undertook a number of years ago before I was on council to get the piping taken care of for that and decommissioning our own water treatment facility for that raw sewage. Um, 
But again, kind of going back to that development piece, it's really developer led. So I will hear from folks, I want to have a brand X retail. Why don't you bring in store B Trader Joe's or something, right, right. You know, Um, and that's great. And I share a lot of those same, you know, I love a lot of the same brands that our residents do. I don't get to pick and choose. It's really development dread, development led. Um, so when those folks decide that Carver seems like a good investment and their business and growth plan directs them out here, then that's when we have conversations with them and let them know what our requirements are and what we're looking at and setbacks and density and you know. Well, and ultimately somebody's investing their own money mm-hmm. on a bet that that's going to be economically viable. Exactly. You know, and one of the things, there's one of the communities that has a, a facility that's been empty for a long time. It was a restaurant and it's been empty for quite a long time. It's actually fairly close to here. And people are always complaining about it. And I keep, and I'll jump out. I'm like, buy it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Why don't you buy it? No, but a restaurant. You know, if yeah. you think it should be a XYZ, buy it. Those are franchises. You can, you can do that. Exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about um, without saying it. And yeah, you know, in, a, in Carver, we need a coffee shop. I will. I agree with that 100%. Every time I have to go to another community to have a coffee meeting, a little, it breaks my heart. Right. Um, I would love to a little be able piece to of you dies. At, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I would love to be able to meet at the right the XYZ Carver Caribou, the Carver Starbucks, the Carver Independent Small Coffee Shop to sit down and do this kind of thing with you. Um, but and as much as I would love to see that. It doesn't matter if I post on Facebook that I would love to see a Starbucks or a Caribou or a small independent coffee shop. That and $5 is still going to get me a latte at Dunn Brothers. You know, right. that, Somebody still needs to write a check and put their own... Development works. Right. Yeah, it's really the developer wants to be here. And when we're looking at kind of some of these bigger brands, a grocery store, a convenience store, a drug store, what the developer is doing is they are taking a 360 degree look. So um, you see that Chaska in the last year has gotten a Chipotle and an Aldi and a Starbucks, and that's great. Um, We're not there yet in terms of development, because again, with taking that 360 degree look, the developers are looking at the population on all different angles of it. We don't have much to the west of us at this point. So really, um, once Cologne starts developing a little more that will help us draw in some right. of these big um, commercial and retail developers. Right now, our growth is helping Chaska, essentially, as they take a 360-degree look. Right, and, and that's something that I talked about with you know some of the county commissioners is the key um, driving factor is the transportation. Mm-hmm. You know, as transportation increases, uh, making Cologne more viable right. because – Generally, it's less expensive the further out you go, mm-hmm. and so. But then it beca- it's a, it's always that balance between cost of ac- acquiring housing and the additional time to get back and forth. So as the transportation yep. corridors get better and faster and more e- easy, easily accessible, then the development tends to sort of follow that. And well, and just as you know, the single Carver's population was I think twelve hundred for decades and decades. And then 212 was expanded out to Carver, and that was the one event, that was the one point in time that was the precipitous to Carver's population really starting to grow and take off. Mm -hmm. The same thing, I think, is going to happen in Cologne when 
212 gets expanded to four lanes consistently from here to Cologne. And then so, Carver gets the development right. pace so, that Chaska is currently enjoying. And, yep. So it's yeah. coming, but it's definitely very much a a process, and there isn't going to be a a Meyer or a Target or a a Walmart. You name your brand of choice plucked here in Carver at this point where we're still sitting at yeah, you need under rooftops. Five, yeah, you need rooftops. 5,000 people. Five, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a little under 500,000. Once we get 500,000, we won't have any issues. Yeah, that'll be a different We're never going to get to that point. <laughs> so, all right. So what is the, uh, so you, your pl- the plan is 2040 and mm-hmm. the, pr- the population projection by 2040 um, again is what? Uh, roughly. Roughly it's, boy, I'm thinking we're at about 13,000. I'm but that's pretty significant so growth from be below 5,000. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you also had some uh, new commercial development um, in the last year. That's We do. Actually, um, let's... So we've done some rather informal surveys of our residents. And kind of the one thing as far as commercial development that folks want to have is a, a local grocery store or a small grocery store where you can just swing in and pick up something, you know, not necessarily know what you're going to serve for your family for dinner that night, but go in and it just becomes blatantly obvious. And they have a grab-and-go meals or something where you can grab some ground beef and, you know, make tacos real easily and get everything you need right there. Um, so just on Monday night at our meeting, we approved um, all the final plans for a quick trip, which will go in just north of the elementary school. And while that is not the necessarily at face value, the small grocery store that folks have been wanting so much, I firmly believe that that's going to fill that need. If you go into any well, Certainly on an interim basis. Uh, right. If you yeah. go into any of our neighboring quick trip stores, the one in Chaska, the one in Chan, you can find steaks to put on the grill in the summer. You can find that. Yeah. Um, you, you, you see know, people not just getting gas, but they're, right. I'm always standing in line there and people are holding, yep. you know, this, that, and the other thing. Bananas, milk, you name it. So I, I'm really excited about that. Um, I think that that will be a really, really great addition to our community. They're aiming to um, break ground to start building sometime next summer. Oh, so terrific. We should have the store opening, I would imagine, within the next probably 18 months or so. Okay. That about a, what is that about a... Um... Nine month construction on something like that, or I would probably think nine to twelve. Okay, I... okay. And then uh, talk about the development um, over by Fleet Farm, the new yeah. buildings. Yeah. So um, we have. By the way, I grew up in Wisconsin too. Oh. And you're talking about the food thing, and my, we always are like, if Fleet Farm doesn't have it, we don't need it. But <laughs> we say that in our <laughs> but, house. Too. But when you're in an urban place, it's, yep. you know. Well, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Fleet Farm doesn't have it. We probably don't need it. That's exactly what we're saying about it. Right up near Fleet Farm, Lakeview Industries opened up, and I believe that they opened up in November. So that's really exciting because that's an industrial user. Um, they were originally in Chaska, and they wanted, they've experienced a tremendous amount of growth, and they actually had their main headquarters in Chaska, and then I think they had a warehouse. Um, I know they had a warehouse at a separate location. I think it may have been as far away as Shakopee. Um, where they were kind of storing their raw materials and finished products. So they would have to do a lot of transportation in between those. What they were looking for was somewhere where they would have room to accommodate additional growth um, and also where they could just be all under one roof. So they have that. And it's a beautiful as, building. As hard as Chaska fought to keep them and would have loved to have seen them uh, to accommodate that need in Chaska, Chaska just didn't have that availability. 
we did here in Carver. Um, and so we are thrilled to have them. They make um, flexible components and um, they have they work with so many brand names that you and I have in our lives every day. We probably have a number of their products in our homes or in our lives or in our lawnmowers or you name it. Um, so it's it's cool to have an industrial user that it's also cool to be having um, more folks in Carver that will help expand our tax base. Sure. Well, and that'll be a catalyst for the rest of that land. I mean, because Fleet Farm's been open for how many years now? That's such a good question. I think that they are coming uh, up on... It's going to be close to 10, oh, isn't I it? I think I mean, it is close to 10. Eight I mean, they 10? were kind of an island there for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously the timing with them opening during the recession didn't necessarily help them. But right. they also have a... You talked about that 360 perspective that the developers have. And I, I don't recall what it is, but Fleet's trade area, their trade radius is ginormous. Right. I mean, I think people come in from Glencoe to come yep, shop I'm there. Sure. It's It's got one of the widest, you know, trade uh, trade mm-hmm. areas. So as opposed to a smaller store, maybe have a two-mile radius. Exactly. But, um, but that should be a good catalyst for that area. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so what else? Um, what else is on the horizon? I mean, what are you really optimistic about at this point? I'm really optimistic about continued development. Um, you know, we have a really great um, economic developer, uh, development director, Erin Smith, here at the city, and she's got some really great connections and is always um, really open and honest when folks knock on her door um, to start talking about developing in Carver. I think that there will be continued residential development as well as commercial and industrial that we'll be seeing. But that's what makes it fun. You know, you don't necessarily have a direct line of sight to what's coming down the pipe at this point. Um, but as long as the economy trends the way it's trending, um, we have a really good outlook. And I think that there's going to be a lot more development coming just as we've seen in the past couple of years. Terrific. So the last, qu- I'm going to be respectful of your time. I appreciate you getting me in here today. Yeah. Um, the, the last question is from your vantage point as mayor, if you could be in the living room of every resident in Carver, one-on-one, over a beer, because I know you're a Wisconsin girl, so, <laughs> over a beer, over a beer. And a Packers game. And a, okay, let's not, let's not push it. <laughs> People are stroking out on their walks right now. But um, if you were having a beer with somebody... From your vantage point as mayor, what would you want them to know? You know, like things that you think people don't know that you just like, oh, I wish I could just. You know, um, so the development piece, certainly, that it's not city driven. But I don't know that it's so much that I would want folks, you know, as a communication leading from me going to residents. What I would want more of would be to listen and hear what folks are thinking. I struggle a little, probably more than just a little bit, with the lack of engagement that we get from folks. You know, we had our um, truth and taxation hearing in our first city council meeting that took place um, the first Monday night in December. There were two people there. Nobody provided any comments or feedback. Um, Generally speaking, when we have our city council meetings, there is no one in the audience, which I get. People have better things to do at 7 o'clock on a Monday night. I get that. And there may be folks who will watch um, online, live, or watch the video replay. 
But even that said, the number of times that my phone has rang or that I've received a message on Facebook or an email in the past year as mayor, I can count on my left hand. Really? Um, which for me, <laughs> you know, I can make a decision and I can make a decision that I, think, that I think is pretty good and in the best interest of the city of Carver, but it really happens in a vacuum, which I would like to see change. I would like to see a little bit um, more engagement from residents. The other thing that I think is kind of a, a troubling trend is um, the, you know, we talked about Facebook a little bit earlier, and there is a, a community page, and folks will post on that, but that's not that's not the city's page. That's not the correct channel to really have your voice be heard. So I don't monitor what's going on in the city page, and I'm not sure that the folks who are posting on that page are necessarily looking for feedback or to affect change through that channel. Um, I would prefer to get emails for folks to pick up the phone to reach out to me through my Facebook page or instant message me or that kind of thing. Um, so engagement but, being a better way to affect change than yes. complaining? Because, you know, it, yes, yes. <laughs> I know. That you gave 100%. me the, that. by the way, yeah. this is an audio podcast, but if you could get the, the eye look, I got the, <laughs> you think look? <laughs> Um, the other thing um, that we're going to be doing early next year is we're going to do a resident survey. So that should help a little bit with the um, engagement piece where we are going to be working with a firm that does these surveys for a living. Um, they've worked with Southwest Transit. They've worked with the city of Chask and a bunch of our neighboring communities. Um, and we are going to go out and we're going to survey about 400 people. So this is going to be a knock on your door no, survey? No, this will or, be a, uh, your phone rings oh, okay. survey. Okay, so you'll be getting a call for your resident. You'll be resident. getting a call. Um, and the group that we're working with, this is their bread and butter. They know what they're doing. The results will be a statistically significant survey, um, which I'm really looking forward to getting those results. Because I think that, I, in my mind, I might think that people are in favor of going this direction, but maybe the survey results will tell me differently and that will sure. provide the direction that I need and will help frame what we'll be doing for the next couple of years in the city of Carver. Um, so, so get um, involved, Carver. Yeah. So it'll be good to hear from folks through the vehicle of that survey because we're struggling to get that level of involvement or engagement anywhere else, you know, between, besides, you know, we do have a really great group of folks who are involved in our commissions. We've got our HPC, the Historic Preservation Committee. We've got our Parks Committee and then our Planning or Planning Commission and our Parks Commission, um, which are a really great group of folks who are unpaid volunteers who show up for one meeting a month, um, read packets, do their homework ahead of time, and give back to their community through that. So we've got that um, kind of subset of folks who are helping us determine our policies and procedures in those areas. Um, but it'll be good to just hear from a wider group of people through the survey. Okay, terrific. And and if somebody, is, so they'll be getting a phone call. Um, mm -hmm. How else would you, uh, you mentioned a couple things, but just to kind of recap, you yep. want people to reach out to you, private yeah. message you on Facebook, send you an email to city, yeah. smoke signals, whatever. Smoke signals, yeah. You know, my cell phone number is 612-702-7703. Okay, that might be me. the bravest mayor that I've talked to. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding, but <laughs> but that's terrific. You know, so, but I, like basically... Call me, text me, I'll meet right. people, you know, 
wherever in terms of communications and physically wherever. Let's chat. You know, I we've got a really terrific city staff. You know, oftentimes my answers are, I don't know. I'm going to have to check with somebody at the city who does know and can help me answer this question that you have, right. but I'll get back to you. And yeah. I will. I don't or, know the answer, but I know where to find it. Right. Yeah. You know, That's so. That's fair. But I think sometimes, um, and I've heard from residents who moved to cover from other cities who may be moving here from larger cities, there is that um, intimidation factor of working with the city and having to go in and, you know, it being so formal. A lot of folks here are your neighbors. You know, they live in the city of Carver. Um, I think and that generally speaking, we are very approachable. So come to us and we will try to discuss, explain. Figure it out. You know, we'll figure things out. If you have issues, sure. if you have suggestions, recommendations, thoughts, we'll take it all. Terrific. Well, Courtney, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. And congratulations on the successes and and I, you know, the building is amazing, and and uh, everything looks pretty rosy right now for Carver. So, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you so, for coming out. I appreciate it. Thank you.